This is the story. Stories of people, of nations, of the world, of yesterday and today, and the meaning they hold for tomorrow. it was more terrible at night. More terrible and more beautiful. The trace of bullets would stitch a quick seam of flame up into the sky. And the incendiaries and the bombs spilled down like beads from a broken string. That's how it was the nights of May 10th and May 11th, 1941, when the Luftwaffe was over London. Uncle Nathan died the first night. There was a neat hole through the top of his helmet. He'd been on air raid duty over at Duke's place, just outside the great synagogue. Understand me, I'm not a hero, but there are worse things than dying, like seeing the roof of the great synagogue go up in flames, and seeing a bolt of fire fall on the ark that holds the holy scrolls. Are the holy scrolls still there? I don't know. I know that the synagogue stands naked to the wind, the roof gutted, the walls charred, the pews where I sat and my father sat and his father before him, nothing but a grey feather of ash. I'm sorry for that. That pew had a history. A hundred years ago, Sir David Salomons sat in that pew. Please don't misunderstand me. It's not important that Sir David was once Lord Mayor of London or that he was the brother-in-law of Moses Montefiore. It's more important that he was an upright man and that in the days of Queen Victoria, may she rest in peace, 
Sir David Salomons was aroused by something. I'm not going to wait anymore, Amos. No? No, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to pussyfoot. I'm not going to hold my hat in my hand and ask for favors. Save your speeches for your constituency. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I see. Then you're going to stand for Parliament again. That's what I mean. It isn't wise, Sir David. Why not? Because it isn't wise. Now, that's no answer. You know the answer. You're a Jew. No Jew has ever sat in Parliament. Amos, a few years ago, no Catholic sat in Parliament. That's different, Sir David. You will be attacked because you're a Jew. The Catholics were attacked because they were Catholics. The same civil disabilities applied to them. They fought against it. And that's what we have to do. Perhaps. You've stood for Parliament twice already. <laughs> Three times. So much worse. You lost each time. This time I won't lose. All right, suppose you win. Well, they won't seat you. Exactly. But I'm going to oblige them to say why they won't seat me. I've told you why. Let them tell me. They'll tell you you're a Jew. Amos, I'm running for office as an Englishman. So, David, you're going to get into trouble. Thanks, Amos. It seems to me that's a risk I have to take. Stop the carriage. I thought I recognized your carriage, Lady Russell. Can I drive you somewhere? It's very kind of you to ask, but it's the Sabbath, you know. Oh, yes, of course. You don't ride on Saturdays. No, milady. Will you talk a little politics? Well, it's not what I should do today. I hear you're going to stand for Greenwich. That's true. Don't. It's a Tory stronghold. No liberal has a chance. But I'm already committed, Lady Russell. Too bad. You're sure I can't take you anywhere? Thank you, Lady Russell. I'm going to the synagogue on Duke's place. I'll walk. David, I want to see you. Yes, Rabbi. Uh, come in here where we can be alone. Are you going to scold me, too? Why do you want to do this foolish thing, David? Is it foolish to want to serve your country? The question is, do you want to serve your country or yourself? I don't know what that means, Rabbi. We read a Sabbath chapter from Pirke Avos today. I'll repeat it for you. Seek not greatness for thyself, and court not honor. Let thy works exceed thy learning, and crave not after the table of kings. For thy table is greater than theirs, and thy employer is faithful to pay thee the reward of thy work. I don't want greatness, Rabbi. I don't crave the table of kings. And what are you after? Not long ago, a Jew could not vote. I resented that. So did I as an Englishman, but now we can vote, so I complain. We still can't sit in Parliament. Does it rankle so much? Very much, Rabbi. I'm quite willing to be barred from Parliament because I'm incompetent. But I won't be barred because the Tories don't admit Catholics, Quakers, Separatists, 
and Jews. The others are now admitted, David. Our turn will come in time. In time is too long. Now is the time. The time is always now, Rabbi. You're right, David. That's the only reason why I want to run. To wipe out the humiliation. This humiliation not only to us, but to England. I believe you and I bless you, David. But remember something. Yes? You're an Englishman, but you're also a Jew. Whatever you do, whatever you say, must be done and said for the sake of righteousness. You must be an example, David. You've told us a lot, Mr. Kennedy, but how will you vote on the poor relief bill? Yeah, that's right, David Sullivan. How will you vote? I'll tell you how you'll vote. He's a tough like the rest. He can sit in his booming face. Oh, shut up, Wilkins. You're not the speaker. How do you stand, Sir David? I'm for the bill. What? Wait. But a poor relief bill is essentially charity. There, you see? He's against it. Shut up, Wilkins. You see, charity is part of my religion. Every Jew must give part of what he earns to charity. But we don't misunderstand it. We know that charity is an ennobling thing. An ennobling thing to the man who gives charity. But sometimes it embitters the life of the man who receives it. Sure, sir. But I say, if I'm going to be embittered, I want to be embittered on a full belly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with you, Mr. Wilkins. And that is why if the people of Greenwich send me to Parliament... I'll vote for the poor relief bill. Good. Let's leave it at that. I'm sorry. I can't leave it at that. You see, my religion also teaches me that it is more meritorious to anticipate charity than to give charity. A great man by the name of Maimonides taught us that. Or maybe he's the man we ought to elect instead of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, that might be uh, rather difficult to arrange. You see, Maimonides happens to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too bad. You've all been very kind. Perhaps you'll allow me to add that the best charity is to prevent poverty. I hope you agree with that. If you don't, I advise you to vote for my opponent. In the year 1851, during the reign of Queen Victoria, this is how David Salomon's campaign for Parliament the people of Greenwich were Christians. David Salomons was a Jew. And for them, there was much cause for misgiving in the fact. It happened once at a meeting that a man rose in the audience and put to David Salomons the question that was on many lips. Mr. Salomons, you're a Jew. How can we elect you? I ask you to elect me as an Englishman, not as a Jew. But you won't stop being a Jew. Well... Should I? I always thought that in England a man's religion was his own affair. Mm, perhaps, but if you represent us in Parliament, then your religion also becomes our affair. I think that's wrong, sir. Your affair is how I vote, not how I pray to God. But suppose what you say is true. Why should my religion bar me from Parliament? Well, that's what we want you to tell us. Well, I think in that case I should tell you what the Hebrew law is. Uh, perhaps you should, sir. Once in the days of the Caesars, a smiling Roman commanded the famous Rabbi Hillel to stand on one leg and expound the entire law. Well? Hillel also smiled, and he answered, Do not unto others what you would not have others do to thee. 
That is the entire law. Everything else is commentary. Does that answer your question, sir? Is uh, that what you believe? With all my heart. All right, sir. I'm satisfied. Greenwich was a Tory stronghold, and David Salomons was a liberal. But in the year 1851, the people of Greenwich elected David Salomons to Parliament. And now there was a turning of eyes from Ireland and Scotland and Wales and the villages of England toward the Speaker's table in the great House of Commons. Your name, sir? David Salomons, Mr. Speaker. Are you prepared to take the oath? I answer. Do you, David Salomons, truly and sincerely acknowledge, profess, testify, and declare in your conscience before God and the world that our sovereign Queen Victoria is rightful Queen of this realm and all other dominions and countries thereunto belonging? I do, Mr. Speaker. Without any equivocation? Without any equivocation. Or mental evasion or secret reservation whatsoever? With none of these, Mr. Speaker. And do you make this acknowledgement, abjuration, renunciation, and promise heartily, willingly, and truly? I do. Upon the true faith of a Christian? Upon the true faith of a Jew, Mr. Speaker. You are out of order, sir. The prescribed form of the oath requires you to swear on the true faith of a Christian. Do you ask me to renounce my religion, Mr. Speaker? I ask you to take the oath as it is written. I do so, Mr. Speaker. I have been legally elected. I have satisfied every requirement of this Parliament. But I will not renounce my religion. I repeat, Mr. Solomons, you are out of order. This form of oath is deliberately framed to exclude a section of the population from the rights of Englishmen. You are contumacious, sir. No, Mr. Speaker. I am truthful. Mr. Solomons, it is my direction that you withdraw from the House. I ask the members of this House to come to order. David Salomon stood before the Speaker's table at the Great House of Commons. Then, slowly, he turned. A hush fell upon the assembly as the elected member for Greenwich walked slowly from the rostrum. The sergeant-at-arms held the famous doors open. And then, David Salomon stopped. He stopped, then quietly he approached a vacant seat among the liberal benches. And he sat down. Mr. Speaker! Mr. Speaker! I recognize Sir Robert Inglis. I rise to protest, sir. The Speaker of the House has ordered this gentleman to withdraw. Thank you, Sir Robert. Do you withdraw, Mr. Salomons? No, Mr. Speaker. You are presumptuous, Mr. Salomons. I regret it, sir. I appeal for the indulgence of the House. I ask leave to defend my position. You may not do that, Mr. Salomons. You are not a legal member of this body. Let him speak. Yes, let him speak. Gentlemen, I ask you again for order. You have the indulgence of this house, Mr. Salomons. You may proceed. I wish to state, Mr. Speaker, members of Parliament, that I'm to be excluded from Commons not because I am guilty of civil offence or because I am convicted of lack of competence, but because of my devotion to the faith in which I was raised. Are you done, Mr. Solomons? Not yet, sir. This House may wish to renounce me, but surely it does not wish to renounce Holy Scripture. Ye shall have one statute, 
both for the stranger and for him that is born in the land. And remember that I am not a stranger. This is my land, where my father was born and his father before him. Argue to the point, sir. The statute here is that you are not a legal member of commons. You have not taken the oath. I have taken the oath and sworn to it on my faith. I do not impugn your motives, Sir Robert, but what you ask me to do is repugnant to humanity and against every principle of charity and civilization. How dare you impute to me? Wait, Sir Robert. No. I appeal to the speaker for permission to conclude my remarks. You may proceed. I do not wish to try your patience, gentlemen. Well, then be still. Shame, Sir Robert, let him speak. Thank you. I say this. If you disqualify me on religious grounds, you are imposing a penalty for the holding of opinion. You are stigmatizing persons for differences of faith. As an Englishman, I tell you this is un-English. And I ask this assembly to amend the form of the oath and to act in the spirit of the Magna Carta. Thank you, gentlemen. I withdraw now. seat that rightfully belonged to David Solomons remained vacant. And because David Solomons had taken that seat briefly and spoken in the House of Commons without having previously taken the full oath, Sir Robert protested. I rise on a point of law. What is your point, Sir Robert? The member for Greenwich has violated an act of Parliament. Yes, Sir Robert, but what is your point? If I am not mistaken, the member for Greenwich is liable to cumulative penalties of £1,500. Am I mistaken, Mr. Speaker? No, you are not. Will the government sue for the penalties? The government will not, Sir Robert. I protest. That is your right, Sir Robert. But may I point out to you that Mr. Solomons has greater right to protest. If there is no further business, the House will adjourn. <laughs> There is something in the English spirit that cannot abide meanness or injustice. And it was as if there were embodied in the voice of David Salomon, the voice of the prophets of Israel, saying, proclaim liberty throughout the land. And England listened. There were only 30,000 Jews in all of England, but 300,000 Englishmen circulated and signed a petition for the removal of all disabilities and the Houses of Parliament began to respond to the will of the people. My lords, I introduce a bill for the purpose of striking out from the parliamentary oath such portions as are inoperative, idle, and absurd. further resolved that when any of Her Majesty's subjects professing the Jewish religion shall make the said declaration, the words upon the true faith of a Christian shall be omitted. I protest, Mr. Speaker. Call the question. Call the question. Gentlemen, the motion to amend the oath 
has been carried overwhelmingly. May it please the Commons, it is my conviction that our actors retroactive and the aggrieved member from Greenwich is in fact a legal member of this body. David! Henry, stop this infernal carriage. Hello, David. You look very well, Lady Russell. You look even better, David. In Parliament. It's kind of you to say so. It's where you've always belonged. Thank you. Fiddlesticks, don't thank me. You belong among the peers of the realm. I hope the Queen makes you a lord someday. <laughs> and so does my wife. But the rabbi doesn't. Who? So what's he got against the nobility? Nothing. But another rabbi, someone called Shemaiah, once said, love labor, hate lordship, and seek no intimacy with those in authority. Indeed? Is that in the Talmud, David? I believe so, my lady. Interesting. You must send me a copy sometime. Now, let me give you a lift. Thank you, no, Lady Russell. I'll walk. Oh, I always forget. It's your Sabbath, isn't it? Yes, my lady. I'm going to the synagogue. Seems to me every time I see you, you're going to the synagogue. <laughs> Perhaps so. But tell me, Lady Russell, can you think of a better place for a man called Salomons to go? So he went to the Duke's Place Synagogue sat in the pew where later my father sat and where I sat. I suppose that's the history of any synagogue. The history of the men who stand before the tabernacle of the Lord and speak words of righteousness. Now the synagogue stands scotted and naked to the wind and the tabernacle of Duke's place is charred by fire there is so much in London that is charred by fire and so much that will be built again and built better. David Salomons will not see it and I shall not see it, but it will be. I have faith in that and in England and in the generations of Israel. And that isn't a bad thing at all, is it? been listening to This is the Story, one of a series of radio dramas selected and rebroadcast for the men and women of the American Armed Forces in every overseas theater of operation. Stories of the free people, of the free nations of the world.
This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. 